joining us today at Launch Point Church in Lebanon, Tennessee. We believe the Bible is the written word of God without error and useful for every part of our lives. We believe that through learning and teaching of the word, others might come to know God, find freedom, discover their purpose, and make a difference. Usually, you know, a Father's Day sermon is, is kind of different from a Mother's Day, isn't it? Usually on Mother's Day, we, we may even we pass out flowers or give them a rose or talk about how great moms are. And then on Father's Day, we kind of uh, begin to point out all of Dad's shortcomings. Uh, and and we, uh, we need to, uh, we encourage him to get his act together. <laughs> but we're not going to do that today. Yeah. You know, oftentimes we'll even tell jokes about dads. And, and we might even talk about uh, funny Father's Day gifts. But, but that's not what I want to do today. And I'm not going to tell you how to be a great dad based on my own experience because, believe me, I I never got it quite right either. None of us do. You know, looking back, I I made a lot of mistakes as as a dad and as a husband. But like like many fathers in, in this room today, you know, the only role model I had was my own father. And if... If he were here today, he would tell you that he never got it right either. You know, the mantle of fatherhood is a, is a heavy garment to wear. You know, it's a garment that we're told to wear. But outside of God's holy word, uh, we're not told how to properly wear it, how to properly put it on. You know, our children come with, uh, with no instructions. <laughs> and us fathers, uh, if we had instructions, we wouldn't read them anyway, would we? <laughs> because we can do this. <laughs> um, you know, if you were raised in a, in a godly home and had a godly father, you're, you're very blessed. You're very blessed. Unfortunately, you know, most of us didn't have that. So I'm not here to tell you today the, the six keys to being a great dad or the 20 ways to, uh, to avoid making parental mistakes. Uh, you know, there's a lot of books out there like that, some good, some bad. Um, but the only book I want to reference today is this one. And why is that? Because it's the only reliable source we have, and it offers us the the best role model we could ever have. And that's Jesus Christ himself. And and so today, I'm going to talk to you about Jesus. (laughs) You know, uh, Pastor Jim and I have a little thing going. If we ask either one of us a a question or something and we don't don't really know the answer, we just say Jesus. (laughs) So when he asked me what I was going to talk about today, I just said Jesus. (laughs) So... uh, that's where we're going to start. And listen, I want to uh, tell you how, how proud I am that, that, that my son and, and his family are, are visiting with us today, uh, um, and, our, and our friend Chris. Uh, so, so glad to, to have them. He, he's kind of like family, too. <laughs> um, but I tell you, you don't know how little things like that mean a lot to you on Father's Day.
Now, I'm going to be talking to you today primarily from the book of Luke, even though I'm going to go back and forth with some other scriptures. But, um, and even though this is a Father's Day message, this is a message for, for mothers too, and, and for grandmothers and grandfathers. So, uh, you know, we, we, you see, we all have a role in raising our children. And as we come to the last chapter of the Gospel of Luke, uh, we're reminded of one incredible thing. Um, and, and, and that thing is that God's love wins out. God's love wins out. Uh, God's love always wins. And, and think about that. The Bible says that God is love and that his love always prevails. And when it comes to Father's Day, usually we think about giving a gift to our father. Right? Okay. <laughs> haven't seen any yet today. We think about giving a gift to our Father, don't we? But when it comes to our Heavenly Father, it's just the opposite. He has given us a gift. Not only a gift, but the greatest gift uh, imaginable. You know, we have a Father in Heaven who gave His Son, Jesus Christ, as a gift of love, a, a gift of life, a, a gift so amazing that the Apostle Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 9.15, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Um, you know, our, our Father's gift uh, conquers sin. It, it conquers death. It conquers brokenness. And it conquers separation. Our Father's gift overcomes the world and, and brings life and, and immortality to light through the gospel message. You know, Jesus, God's gift, was crucified for our sins. He obeyed his Father, and he, and he died a cruel and excruciating, excruciatingly painful death on that cross. And all the sins, and all the sins of all humanity were laid on him as he suffered on the cross. And he was punished for each and every one of our sins as, as if he had been guilty of them himself. And he was guilty of none of them. You know, the Bible says in Isaiah 53, 5, that he was crushed for our, our iniquities. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was punished for our sins. The chastisement that brought us peace fell on him. And because of all this, we are healed. How amazing is that? Um, Jesus was despised and afflicted for our sakes. Jesus, the, the innocent, um, suffered so that we, the guilty, might be set free. You know, that's a, an amazing thought to latch on to right there. You know, what a gift. And, and what an what a ironic work of heaven that God would choose to do that, to give a gift like that to, to all humanity in that fashion. Uh, you know, Jesus' death in, in Luke 23 is, is the heavenly gift and, and the work of salvation uh, for us. And, and Jesus' resurrection in Luke 24 is proof that Jesus is the Savior, that He is the Son of God and the Lord of life. You know, Jesus died as our Savior and He, and he, he rose to prove it. Amen? And, and to be our Lord. You know... In the end of, of, of the Gospel of Luke, chapter, the end of chapter 24 is a, 
to me is a remarkable ending. And, and whenever I read this, it always kind of excites me. Uh, so if you've got your Bibles, uh, uh, turn to Luke 24, and I'm going to be reading uh, beginning in verse 44. It says, now, now he said to them, These are my words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things which are written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures, and he said to them, Thus it is written, that the Christ would suffer and rise again from the dead the third day, and that repentance for forgiveness of sins would be preached, would be proclaimed in his name to all the nations, beginning with Jerusalem. You are witnesses to these things, and behold, I am sending you forth the promise of my Father upon you, but you, you are to stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. And he led them out as far as Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and, and blessed them. And while he was blessing them, he parted from them and was carried up into heaven. And they, after worshiping him, returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they were continually in the temple praising God. You know, that's, to me, that's an incredible uh, passage of Scripture. And wow, what a, what a, what a grand finale to to the gospel right there. Um, but you know, we, we, we read those words, and sometimes I think we read them too quickly. Uh, you know, think about that. That um, You know, the Bible says that as, as Jesus left the earth, that, that the people were worshiping him. You know, and, and I don't think when, when the Bible says that they were worshiping him, it's, it's not like, uh, are what we think of worship. I imagine it was loud and raucous and, and tearful. and I mean, it was true worship from the heart. Uh, you know, sometimes if we're not careful, we, we you know, worship becomes just a, another segment, that, another box that we check off. But that's not the way it was here. This was extraordinary worship. And then it said, as they left, they went away with great joy. Now, we read great joy, and we think, well, they must have been happy. But they were more than that. It was, it was joy beyond, beyond uh, uh, explaining. Um, you know, they were so joyful at what they had seen, at, at what Jesus had done on their behalf. Hmm. Now, I know that you might be asking yourself, what does all this have to do with Father's Day? You know, what, is, what does this have to do with being a dad today? Well, I'm glad you asked me that. Let me answer that. Because it, ha it has everything to do with that. It has everything to do with it. I know you might be saying to yourself, well, well Jesus was never an earthly father. He, you know, he wasn't married. He didn't have children. But, but he offers us the supremely best model of what a father, of what a dad should look like. And for that matter, what a mom or a grandmother or a grandfather should look like. First, I want you to think about, I want you to think about God the Father's relationship with his son Jesus. You know, our, our Father in Heaven had big plans for, for Jesus, his son. And, and these plans came, were... Uh, 
brought about in the very beginning of time. Uh, you know, those plans, and those plans were, were revealed to us throughout the scriptures. And Jesus has followed the Father's plan to the letter, even when it cost him his life. And I want you to think about this today, that we have a father-son relationship here that, that's a great example of all father and child relationships, and really of all parent-child relationships. Um, God has great plans for his son, and we see these great plans unfold in the scriptures. And what about you? I, I want you to think about something for a moment. Uh, fathers among us, and, and mothers too. Let me ask you, what, what, what plans do you have for your children? What plans do you have for your children? And how are you revealing those plans to them? How are you preparing them, uh, your children, to follow those plans? You know, and I know that may sound a little strange, and, and we may need to back up and ask a, a more basic question. Are parents supposed to do that? Are parents supposed to do that? Are, are parents supposed to have plans for their children today? Or are we just supposed to bring children into the world and, 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 and let them go in whatever way the world leads them, doing their own thing? Uh, are we just supposed to provide for them so that they can go and, and find out who they are and follow their heart and, and uh, wherever it may lead them? Uh, um, wherever they find fulfillment. I, I don't think that's it. You know, is that, is that the example that God's given us here? If not, where do you think uh, that idea came from? Well, it came straight from the pit of hell. Um, it was never intended to be that way. And, and, and let, let me clarify what I'm saying here. God the Father had plans for Jesus the Son. And the, these plans were recorded in, 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 in Scripture. Jesus carried out and accomplished those plans. And it was a good thing. Not just a good thing, but a thing so magnificent, so amazing that, that I can't begin to describe it with, with my own vocabulary. What if God the Father had modeled, what if God the Father had modeled fathering after our modern concept? Our modern concept of individuality, uh, freedom of expression, uh, self-discovery, personal fulfillment, and political correctness. What might Jesus' life have looked, looked like if, he, if all he did was follow his own will? You know, if, if he did that, I don't think Jesus would have ever gone to the cross. Do you? In fact, he, you know, he prayed... Uh, in, in Luke 22:42, said, Father, if you're willing, remove this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. Whose will is Jesus following here? Well, he's following the will of his Father, isn't he? Uh, Jesus came as the only begotten Son of the Father. And the Father said that, you know, when Jesus was baptized in, in Luke 3:22. We hear God say, you are my beloved son. In you, I am well pleased. 
And then a little bit later on the Mount of Transfiguration in, in Luke chapter 9, beginning with verse 34, we, we hear the voice of the Lord saying, This is my Son, my Chosen One. Listen to Him. You see, God the Father has entrusted all things to the Son, to His Son, Jesus Christ. And, be, and why would He do that? Because Jesus is faithful as a Son. And Jesus follows the will of the Father, of His Father. You know, Jesus loves His Father and is completely in submission to His Father and walks in perfect step with His Father's will. In fact, Jesus uh, uh, says in John 4, 34, My food is to do the will of Him who sent me. And, those, and, and whose will is that? It, it, it has to be the will of God the Father. You know, secondly, I want you to consider this. The Father in heaven is, is perfect, he, and he knows Jesus, his son, perfectly and fully. He loves Jesus, his only begotten son, and he gives them all authority on heaven and on earth. So, so think about that for a minute. You know, fathers and mothers here today, let me ask you this. How well do you know your children? How well do you know your children? How well do you know their hearts and their minds? What if you knew them so well that you could give them a plan for their life that would bring them the very highest and the very best uh, that they could ever hope to achieve? You know, if you could, uh, would, you, would you do whatever you could to bring that about? Sure you would. You know, young people, l l listen to this. If, if if your parents had a plan for your life that would, that would bring you the very highest and the best that you could ever dream of or ever dream to hope or, or, or to achieve, wouldn't you follow that plan? Now think about this with me. Uh, what kind of a parent-child relationship is imagined in the Bible? You know, there's, there's many scriptures we could quote there, but but just for kind of the sake of context with, for where I'm going with, with this message is, um, think about this. What kind of honor are children called to have for their parents? And what kind of nurture and admonition are parents called to have for their children? You know, in Colossians chapter 3, verse, uh, beginning with verse 20, uh, the apostle writes this, Children, be obedient to your parents in all things. For this is, is well-pleasing to the Lord. Fathers, do not exacerbate your children so they will not lose heart. And again in Ephesians 6, beginning with verse 1, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment, with a promise, so that it may be well with you, and that you may live long on the earth. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Listen, what, what the Bible shows us is that God not only had a plan for Jesus, but God, the Heavenly Father, has a plan for every one of us. Are you, are you catching that? God, our Heavenly Father, wants every one of us to become His children and to follow His plan for our life. Not our own plan. 
with his plan. Uh, and what happens when we, when we strive to follow God's plan for us, we become what? We become more and more like Jesus. We become more and more like Jesus. You know, dads, please, please don't let your children have to look outside your home for a role model. Let me say that again. Don't let your children have to look outside your home for a role model. And, and believe me, if you're not that role model, they're going to find one. Amen? You know, Paul, Paul said in 1 Corinthians 11, uh, verse 1, Follow me as I follow Christ. And in the New American Standard says, Be imitators of me as I am of Christ. You know, so dads, be a role model for your children and lead and guide your children to come to know the plan that God has for their lives and, and so they can walk in it. You know, let me tell you, your, your, your children, moms and dads, your children are, are watching you. You may not realize it. You may not be aware of it. But your children are watching you. You know, they're watching how you follow Christ. You're their role model, pointing them to your own role model, the Lord Jesus. And, and that's a heavy responsibility. That's a very heavy responsibility. And, and, and I say they're watching you. They're, they're, they're watching to see if, you're, if your words and your life mean the same thing. You know, it's easy to speak uh, words of life. It's, it's a hard thing sometimes to, to walk them out. You know, too often, uh, Brother Dallas, I'm sure you, you remember this, uh, you know, our, our dads would say, uh, uh, do as I say, not as I do. Uh, and sometimes, if we're not careful, we kind of fall back into that trap. Um, so remember, your children are watching you. You know, our Heavenly Father has given us a perfect gift. He's, he gave us Jesus. And Jesus is the way, the truth, the life, and, and He reveals the Father's plan to us. Amen? If we, if, if we father our children as God demonstrates for us, we'll teach our children His plan for their lives and help them follow in it. We'll show them how to walk in the plan by walking in it ourselves and calling on them to follow as we follow Christ. Let me ask you today, uh, dads and moms and grandmothers and grandfathers, how, how are you doing in this area? Are your children and grandchildren seeing Christ in you? Now that's a weighty question. Are they seeing Christ in you? Are you just speaking it, or are you walking it out? Is it in your mind, or is it visible to those around you? Amen? You know, as, as we follow, as Jesus followed God's plan in his life and ministry, what he did is such a great model for you and for me. You know... In Luke's Gospel, he gives, he gives us many great pictures uh, throughout the, his Gospel that show how Jesus models 
what it means to be a good father. Let me share a couple of those with you. Uh, in, in Luke chapter 10, now listen carefully, and, and these are all familiar passages, but in Luke chapter 10, Jesus tells us that a good father is one who comes out to where you, you are, lying in the ditch, beaten up by life and picks you up and, and binds your wound, wounds and loves you into healing. In, in, in Luke chapter 15, where Jesus tells us, uh, tells us that a good father is one who, who doesn't just sit in the, in the manor house waiting for the, for the wayward son to come home, but, but who's looking for him and sees him and, and leaving all dignity to the wind, runs down the road to meet his son with tears on his face. What a picture that is. You know, in Luke chapter 11, Jesus tells us that a good father is someone you can count on. Someone you can count on to, to come to the door when, when you're knocking on it at midnight. A good father offers you, a, as it says in that passage, a, an egg or a fish and not a snake or a scorpion. A good father knows what you need. And he's always available there to give it to you. You know, when they called upon Jesus, when, when they knocked on his door, they were met by a person who had, who had fresh bread to give and who gave it gladly. And, and why was he able to do that? You ever thought about that? I think it was because he prayed. He was a man of prayer. You know, Jesus prayed often, early in the morning in a quiet place, uh, late in the evening, uh, alone on a mountaintop. Uh, he prayed in the garden, uh, even as he heard footst the footsteps of, of his betrayers coming to get him. Even while his, his three best friends on the earth were sound asleep in the bushes over there while he was praying. How was he able to do that? Because he prayed. Um, and I say that because of this. I, Dads and moms, let, let your children see you pray. Let them see you pray. You know, don't neglect this. Uh, and too often we do. We get caught up in the, in the, in the hurriness of life, the busyness, and, and, and we neglect so many important things. And, and maybe the... Maybe prayer is the most important thing we neglect sometimes. We, we need to be a people of prayer. And our, and our children need to see how important prayer is in our life. And they need to see us pray. You know, in Luke uh, chapter 8, verse 24, you know, to his, to his disciples that were panicking in a storm at sea, uh, saying, Master, Master, we're perishing. They heard Jesus speak a word. Uh, speak a word, and the storm stopped, and, and the waters uh, were calmed. So, Daz, let me ask you, are, are you available? Are you available in the storms in your kids' lives? Are you there to reassure them, to encourage them, to... Uh, do they turn to you in difficult times uh, or do they turn to someone else 
You think about that. In Luke 8, 50, uh, to, to a man named Jairus, a, a leader in the synagogue who fell at Jesus' feet, and he fell at his feet saying, my 12-year-old daughter is, is about to die. And he heard Jesus say, do not be afraid any longer. Only believe and she'll be made well. You know, fathers, uh, mothers, uh, are you there to encourage your children to, to speak God's word into their, into their life, into the seemingly uh, difficult uh, situations uh, they get themselves into, even when they think it's hopeless? Uh, are you there to speak words of life to them? You know, if, if, if you're not available, if they can't turn to you, in those times, who are they going to turn to? They're going to turn to somebody. And, and dads and moms, make sure that's you. Make sure that's you. You know, to a woman who, who fell at Jesus' feet and begged for mercy because she'd been suffering with, a, with an issue of blood for many years, in Luke 8, uh, 48, she heard Jesus say, Daughter, your faith has made you well. You know, dads do, and moms, do your children see you as a, as a man of faith, a woman of faith? And, and is your faith genuine? Or are you living it out? Uh, again, is it just a, a vocal faith or is it a, a living, active faith? You know, do, are your children seeing this? Uh, and are, are they following your example? In Luke chapter 5, uh, beginning with verse 12, Jesus encounters a leper. This is one of my favorite stories in the, in the Bible. Jesus encounters a leper who had suffered physical pain and, and social isolation for years. You know, the leper fell at Jesus' feet and, and said this, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus touched him and said to him, I am willing, be cleansed. You know, dads and moms, uh, do you take the time to, to touch your children? Sounds simple, doesn't it? Do you, do you take the time to hold their hand, to, to, to hug them up? Are you willing to... <clears throat> Are you willing to let them know how much you love them? You know, they desperately, they desperately need to know that from you. You know, never let uh, your child have to say, I wonder if daddy really loves me. I can't think of anything more hurtful than that. To love your children. Love them and tell them you love them, uh, not just once, but tell them that every day. Uh, um, and dads, let your children see the love you have for your wife. Please do that. You're, like I said earlier, your children are watching. You're teaching them, even when you're not saying anything. They're watching how you live your life. 
and how you treat your wife is is going to have a lot to do with how they treat their wife someday. Amen? Um, in Luke 23, verse 34, while hanging on the cross in, in, in what has to be unimaginable pain, Jesus looked at those who, who put him there and those that were mocking him. And, and, he, and hanging there on that cross, he looks down and, and, and he says, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. My goodness. Can you imagine that? The, the pain he was in and, and the suffering. And, and he looks down, Father, forgive them. Um, you know, what, what, about, what about you fathers and mothers in here today and grandparents? Uh, do your kids see the grace of forgiveness in your life? You know, are, are you modeling that for them? Or, or do you harbor unforgiveness? Have you allowed a root of bitterness to grow in you towards something or someone? Your, your children will pick up on this, believe me. Uh, you can't be a godly example to your kids if you allow bitterness and unforgiveness to dwell in you. Can I get an amen on that? Um, you know, be willing to forgive. And sometimes, now listen to this. This is important. And sometimes that means being willing to forgive yourself. Being willing to forgive yourself. Amen? Right. You know, I say all this to simply point out that, that God has a plan. And he had a plan for his son and and Jesus lived a life that models that plan for us. And, and, and in so doing, he, he's become our role model. So moms and dads in, in this room today, Jesus is calling on you uh, to be a role model for your children, isn't he? And, and it's a critical assignment. It's a, it's a critical mission uh, to show them what it means to follow Jesus to be that example. And I promise you, let me promise you this, that, that if they see Christ in you, uh, they'll follow you. Now maybe, you know, they may drift away, they may leave for a season, but when you, when you teach them about Jesus, when, when they see Jesus in you, they don't, they don't leave that. They'll always come back. Amen? So be the dad and the mom that, that follows God's plan uh, as revealed by the, by the life of Jesus. Follow him as he followed his father. And, and, and let your children see Christ in you. Amen? Amen.